This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, the king of shoes, killing shit since 1966, son. <laughs> Drop that bitch. I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. As always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still, ghost ain't nothing new. Tell them what we're working with this week. You know it's time for that big ups Canadian classic episode. One of our favorite skaters growing up, an all-time great Canadian legend in the building, none other than Wade Fife. We've been trying to get him on the pod for years. He moved to TDOT and finally pulled up to Studio E. So thankful for Fife to God. Awesome dude, awesome skater, and uh, stoked for people to get some insight on his skate career. Then we take it all straight to the post office, you know what I'm saying? Got some jokers in there this week. And then the rundown (laughs) is NBA time, baby. Playoffs around the corner. Yes, sir. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt. You know we got that Zion, right? Video app up on our YouTube channel. And then hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. You know what it is. It's time for the ghost shout out of the week. What you got for us? You know what? I got to give it to my man. I know the brand that brought the part and gets clowned a lot on here, but when I see a part from an all-time great, also came on the pod, gave us his time, generational talent, Bastion Celebanzi just put out a new part, and there's just something heartwarming when you get to see your favorite skaters from when you were fucking kids still doing it all these years later at a high level. Bastion put out a part. Go check it. He's in his lines and Manny's phase of his career, but still hucking a little bit. Still got that classic style, man. Awesome to see. Bastion, hats off to you. Open for many more parts, man. Absolute legend. An absolute inspiration as well. So like the ghost said, we got Wade Fife in the building. Canadian legend. Living in our hometown, TDOT. So you know it was only a matter of time before we made this one happen. Only one thing left to do before we get the interview popping. And that's order ourselves something to eat. This week we're going to go with the spicy pep god, one of the ghost's favorite, a couple bodegas, and then some lemon pepper wings to finish it off. I'll get the ghost, a ginger ale. I'm going to go with a San Pellegrino, and that's it, baby. That's all we need. Maddie Matheson, tell them what they're working with when they order maker pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, ghosts, let's get this interview pop. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Ooh, favorite skate moment. I guess for me, it'd be personal and just like skating with my friends in different cities and different places and getting to travel and having fun. 
Um, sport memories? Probably when I was younger, I grew up in Edmonton. I was super young, but like I was obviously so young at the time, but the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cups was probably my favorite memory of sports growing up. Damn. Gretzky. We haven't heard that one before. No one has ever said Gretzky as their favorite yeah. sports moment, man. Seven That's years good. later, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Only a select few that get that feeling. <laughs> oh, wait. When when did the Leafs last win? Were you alive, Donald? No, man. No, like like, why we gotta bring 70s. this up? It's like 64, 67 or something like that. Damn. Yeah. What's that got to do with Gretzky, man? No, it's just, I'm just cracking up thinking of how many Leafs fans I know. Meanwhile, like Wade, growing up in Edmonton, got multiple. <laughs> Five yeah. Stanley Cups. I think the Leafs oh. might do good this year, but Boston's looking pretty good against so. it. It's always fucking happens. Probably man. first. F- hopefully, you can get around to the first round, and then we'll. Yeah, we're gonna have to <laughs> play Tampa again. We're gonna have to play Tampa again, man. Oh, Tampa. I'm more worried about Boston for you guys, but oh. we'll see. I love how casual yeah. you drop that. Like it's not like the biggest deal for Toronto people. Like, oh, hopefully you can get past the first round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ruthless wade they gotta do it <laughs> so yo take us back to the beginning where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating so i was born in calgary um lived there for two years then moved to Yellowknife and lived in Yellowknife Oof. for maybe i don't know maybe five years but i was like obviously a baby till elementary school kindergarten grade one and I don't remember too much, but um, I remember the mall was called Panda Bear Mall. And oh. we lived in two different places. And one was kind of more rural and one was like in the country. And it was pretty sick, but the summer days were super short. But uh, eventually my dad uh, worked for the government. So he worked for the provincial government. And then um, he got a job with the provincial government of Alberta, which is the capital of Edmonton, so it was like moving to the big city for me back then, I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then when did you pick up the board? Probably pretty young, but like obviously just like butt boarding and like going bombing hills and like learning how to ride a skateboard and a bit of jump ramps and stuff, but for the most part, I didn't really do tricks, but I was pretty lucky because just all the kids in my neighborhood kind of skated off and on and definitely had like yeah mentors very young very young and um even like the group of kids maybe i was in i would say grade seven is when i got into skating and i was like the last kid to like skate within my group of friends and um they were so good in hindsight thinking about it and i was the last kid to skate but like i could pretty much like ollie and kickflip before i owned a skateboard just (laughs) due to the fact that i hung around these kids so much and they kind of taught me the technique and stuff and then i think maybe in grade eight i got a skateboard for christmas alien workshop i remember i believe and yeah and then eventually all those kids quit skating slowly or got sent to like private schools and just because we're all young and yeah i think some of those kids came from like super good families and just kind of like, yeah, obviously we we're pretty juvenile, but um, I just started skating a lot by myself, I guess, and eventually met older kids and just explored the city in Edmonton and yeah. That's what's up. Who were some of the mentors for you at a young age? 
In Edmonton, definitely um, so many people in hindsight. Like I said, all those kids. And then um, the main shop was a shop called Plush on White Ave in Edmonton, which was like a fun street back in, I guess, the mid-90s. And then um, definitely Glenn Suggett. So many names, actually. So many good people there. And... Um, yeah, they definitely took me in and raised me. And I was just like the little kid jumping in the car and uh, getting taken around to skate spots. And yeah, no, it was so much fun. So what would you consider your first big break in the skate industry? I don't know. I don't know if I ever got a big break, to be honest. I guess in hindsight, freedom. <laughs> Just skateboarding itself and maybe not having to work because I did work when I was younger. So then not having to work maybe as much and just skateboarding and shooting photos, filming. I guess I was somewhat definitely serious and trying to, you know, film video parts or shoot photos. But at the end of the day, I don't know if I ever got like a big break. I definitely had opportunities though at the same time. But, um, I don't know if I ever had a big break. <laughs> what was it like for you up here in Canada and jumping from city to city as a young black skater? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe more so growing up, especially in Edmonton, like skateboarding wasn't that cool in the 90s. And um, like, for example, I probably will say I was like, yeah, I was super into rap music and all that and I would go to school dressed a certain way and um, I wouldn't bring my skateboard because like some of my black friends would be like black people don't skateboard and stuff like that but other than that I feel like the skateboard community was pretty chill overall like if anything they embraced embraced me like and like it's like music almost like there's all these different genres and um the most part yeah skateboard community was great just wherever i went in general i would just say maybe growing up where i did it was just always maybe a little late to trends and stuff like that so it was a little weird but other than that it was pretty good to be honest yeah nice yeah i had the same experience here where it was within skateboarding there was no issues it was just people that didn't skate just kind of trying to put you in a box of like my basketball friends just chirping me and shit like oh what the the fuck you skating yeah. for but but yeah like you said the the skaters themselves like that was always like a, a family feeling more so yeah i'm sure like nowadays though if you grow up like in toronto it's super chill if you're like whatever race mm -hmm. or anything right like it's pretty accepted it's just Back then, it was so new, and maybe it was just, yeah, it was just so new, and it was like, yeah, counterculture or whatever. I don't know. It was like punk or something, you know? It just yeah, didn't yeah, make yeah. sense. It didn't register for the most part, but yeah. So, BSE Ottawa days, it's where you kind of started to get your name on the map. How dope was the Ottawa scene back then? So much talent and a lot of future legends all in the city at the same time. Yeah, so I was in grade 12 in Edmonton, and uh, since my dad got a job with the federal government, so he moved to Ottawa. But I stayed in Edmonton because I couldn't get into a high school in Ottawa at the time. So my brother and my mom and dad moved to Ottawa 
my brother got into a high school, I believe, for that year. And then um, I moved after I finished high school, which I didn't finish, actually. But uh, yeah, I moved <laughs> to Ottawa for maybe a year. And I tried out at high school. And I dropped out of that. It was super weird. It was like, oh, I feel like I was probably, yeah, 18. And then just like going to school in like port or uh, like trailers essentially and it was like pretty much all like 40 50 year old immigrants like learning high school stuff and mm. it was just hard there's no teacher right they just gave you assignments and i was like i can't do this i'm pretty adhd and a bunch of other things probably but um yeah so luckily i hung out with a great crew in Ottawa, um, mostly at On Deck, I would have to say, Dave Nolan, Trent Malley, my brother, Wade Desarmo, bunch of people. Yeah, it was a good year. Filmed a part there, and just the winters are harsh, so I was like, oh, just growing up in Edmonton, it was closer to Vancouver, and the weather is so good there. I was like, I just want to be able to skate year-round, and yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you still you still had enough time there to drop that epic BSC part when you're uh, at peak peak hesh gnarliness, or I guess you weren't hesh, but <laughs> the tricks <laughs> you had baggy pants, but you're definitely hopping on big ass rails. One <laughs> random call out from that part, which I love. What was up with that line? I think it was Nolly backside flip on flat uh, switchback tail, and then a nose blunt fakey on a bench over uh, some dirt but like midline it switches angles as if you maybe yeah, didn't probably, land it in a line <laughs> know what that's what I, my first initial thought was but I think I did land it but it was probably kind of sketchy and then they're like mm. uh, I'm assuming <laughs> and then um, they just like well, let's just use this angle at that point I, I didn't edit the video I didn't um, <laughs> pick my song you know so I, I actually don't really remember fully but I, I'm guessing that's what's happened or what happened, transpired some of the editing back yeah. in the day was so hilarious I just rewatched yeah. a bunch of videos today and just some of the stuff that was like commonplace is just so funny like if someone did it now they'd definitely get clowned but we definitely oh, got to post yeah, that line so, in our story for the people to see the uh, the wild yeah, edits. It's pretty cheesy. It's pretty cheesy for sure. <laughs> definitely. I'm, I'm sure everyone that was involved would agree on that too now. So. Yeah, for sure. No, it's still it's it's a nice nostalgia to go back and watch though. Man, you had some Toronto mm. trips too. Some Toronto bangers back in those days. Must have gotten a few road trips in. No slide the airport double kink over the wall do you remember that one? Oh uh, yeah that was that was a fun day i feel like that was a pretty easy trick i think like someone kind of gave that one to me like oh just do it on this side maybe it was harry gills i think he's the photographer he's just like yeah shoot it do it from this side because there's like a flower bed there and it was just yeah it looked better than like a bunch of stairs right so mm-hmm. yeah that was pretty easy at the time at least yeah no toronto always had really good spots still still does but yeah. not as good man not as good Rewatching old shit i'm always like fuck i wish that was still around like that double king no slide if is that, that was still around not today there? oh no no yeah that would gone. get destroyed yeah i wonder if like yeah someone could probably like back to you or 
something. I don't know. I don't even know what really. I feel like people used to gap to the last kink. Yeah, Grant. Yeah. Yeah, Grant did the best trick there for sure. Gap kick front board. I think it was a oh, cover yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't around. The side Is that I thing hit still it? there? You can still skate that. No, it's it's long gone. Airport hubba. Crazy, cause like the side I skated had a curb, so you had to like pop early. Yeah, 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 that looks sick. After the short stay in Ottawa, you ended up moving to Vancouver. Aside from the weather, what made you take your talents to the West Coast? Uh, pretty much just weather, and yeah. um, and no, I just wanted I wanted the West Coast lifestyle. I guess I don't know. It's pretty chill. It's like skateboarding's like definitely more accepted out there than like Ottawa or even Edmonton or even Toronto at that point, I feel like. Yeah, it just had like a good skate scene and obviously the spots probably weren't as good as Toronto or probably better than Ottawa or Edmonton, but um, no, it just had a good skate scene and um, there's way more filmers, photographers. Yeah, it just had more going on at that, at that time. For sure. Yeah, at that time it felt like for some reason people canadians didn't want to move straight to california they just like mm-hmm. moved to vancouver to take the next step in like their skate career pursuits for a bit there but yeah that was that was kind of weird i remember that like i remember josh clark moved there and it was like oh josh is making the move to vancouver <laughs> it's like, Dude, i think clark everyone in california. ottawa went yeah like, josh there was clark like, moved to vancouver yeah for a bit when and our buddy justin um fuck i can't remember the year but he definitely cool definitely did it and it was definitely like a skate thing i just had no idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like a like a stepping stone to like try and bump your career up like you said i guess there's photographers a lot of distributions and stuff were out there yeah no america was like scary to me i was like i don't know I, I, obviously at the time I don't know I was pretty wild and careless but I figured I'd obviously get deported if I just tried to stay there and maybe not have a work visa maybe I would have figured it out but yeah I have no regrets but yeah it just seemed kind of crazy to me and like California didn't really fully speak to me at that time it was more fun to like go for like a week or two or tops a month you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask you that. Watching your old parts, I feel like I didn't see any California stuff. Maybe maybe like one switch nose Manny fakie flipping SF later. But like when you were young, I don't remember any clips of you in the States. Did you not go down there much or just weren't feeling it? Yeah, I did. I guess I just didn't really document everything. I feel like still when I fully moved to Vancouver like skateboarding was the lifestyle so I didn't actually like document everything especially when uh like I remember living in SF for a month here or there we're spending time in LA maybe not as long as SF but and just like skating and not really documenting everything because maybe at that point I didn't have like a project in mind or a filmer or something organized you know so i just like skate it's more of like a lifestyle honestly so um yeah no regrets or anything but it's just i didn't really care i guess as much unless there was something on the table and yeah hmm. interesting <laughs> damn so there's no uh yeah. wade fife lost 
LA part, <laughs> San Francisco part. No, no, yeah, no, nothing like that. Definitely no, yeah, <laughs> no, no parts at all. <laughs> just like skating with friends and not filming. Honestly, I just like skating and half the time just like practice and skate wherever. And SF is crazy though. So many hills, <laughs> so it's just like fun. It's like the lifestyle. Like eat burritos, and whatever. And, bomb hills and then skate flat somewhere and then maybe you know skate a ledge spot and then yeah it's just like a lifestyle it's so fun bro you weren't thinking about your fans back home like me who needed to see that documented come on man uh, i'm sorry yeah <laughs> i just didn't really care i guess and i didn't have people really breathing down my throat being like you need to film this or that or anything so i guess that's what made it fun yeah no i'm just playing i'm just playing are you ready to play for skatistan three playable characters based on real skatistan students and their stories now you can play with them online to support thousands of kids in real life visit playforskatistan.com now and learn more this message was provided to you by CHPO Brand. CHPO, always doing it for the people. North One was an instant classic in the Canadian skate world, but your North Two part was a masterpiece, bro. How fun was working on that project? You feel like you're at the peak of your powers or what? Yeah, I was feeling good. Um... That was a really fun project. We got to go to Montreal for like a month. Yeah, so many good memories. Thank you, Jeremy, for putting up with me, who filmed it and directed it and made it and all that. I feel like I was kind of jaded, so I didn't really film that much for the last couple of months, and I know he was pretty eager to keep going on that journey. But in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, the video was really good, and... um yeah, no complaints. I feel like that was like one of my better parts for sure. You were jaded for what reason back then? Because like that was way longer than your North oh. One part, but you were like over it. Yeah, well, so like North, um, I just moved to Vancouver and they were already filming for maybe a year or two before I moved there. So mm-hmm. I essentially had th- nor- my North part was like essentially filmed in like three months, whereas everyone else filmed for a year or two so um that was more of like go go that was like go 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 and then poor money blues was like um definitely had more time and i don't think i was like injured or anything i think i just like yeah i don't know i feel like maybe i just felt um satisfied with what i did at that point i definitely like i said could have probably tried harder and uh, I know Jeremy definitely wanted to keep going at that time which was so thoughtful and nice of him but I feel like that video turned out great so no regrets or anything at all yeah, that was another classic I remember the video premiere in Toronto back of a drift Did you come to that one Donald <laughs> I don't know probably yeah probably can't recall <laughs> Can you take us behind the scenes on your 50-50, the legendary double kink in Montreal? Just tell us a little bit about that session. Yeah, like uh, we were in Montreal for a month. 
amazing trip overall. I think, I don't even know how we stumbled upon that spot, but anyways, we rolled up there. And I think it's obviously a square rail, so I was like, I think I can do this. And essentially just like caveman grinded maybe the last tents there, like chunk of it. And then maybe caveman the whole thing. And then I just obviously premeditated it and uh, we went back within mind with the photographer and uh before that set there is a thruster so we had to like build like a little roll into it and luckily i did it that session i feel like it didn't take that long but it was obviously scary but essentially the first like 50 i locked in like pretty good i just rode through and yeah it was pretty magical definitely probably my favorite trick I ever did just because uh, it was frightening and it felt good and it was just like so many good friends there and my brother was there and it was yeah it was a good time that's the skate memory right there yeah you had to come back east to get fucking hesh again eh like you're yeah, you're close enough much. to Ottawa you just rechanneled that energy <laughs> um yeah I'm surprised no one's done it since it's a pretty perfect rail I feel like someone should do it now. Like, I don't care. I can't remember what's <laughs> <if laughs> skatable. I think it is. I hope so. Yeah. People skate, yeah. like, just the, I think the it, down part of the second rail. Do you know that? Yeah. I remember Josh Clark skated the down part. Yeah. Just, like, the last tense there. I think he backtailed one side, and I think he front nosed the other side. That's maybe pretty sick. Yeah, I thought it was front nose, yeah. It's pretty crazy, because the runway isn't that long yeah he had like a backtail guest trick in in uh my last drift part i think but i just saw randomly Shit. a clip yesterday js kick crooked it which is fucking crazy wow yep. js yeah. yeah congrats big things cheers um <laughs> another west coast part you dropped for the anti-social video hella sick just a random skate nerd question for you though you took a nice spill on crooking that rail in portland where there's two rails in a row uh yeah what what were you trying there were you trying to do a line um i have no idea but i actually didn't actually the technique of me falling there i actually didn't even hurt myself i didn't sack myself but it looks cool looks like yeah I you did myself. like a full that's actually, somersault yeah no, I was really good at falling in hindsight, now I think about it. But um, I feel like that's, like, on the drive from Vancouver to Portland. Like, I'm not sure exactly where that is. It might be, like, Olympia or I don't know. Do not do not quote me. But, yeah, it's not Portland exactly. But I have mm. no idea what I was thinking. I feel like those rails are kind of gnarly, but people have destroyed them now. So I don't know what I was thinking at all. I think, yeah crook and then probably a crook that's all that's all he's good for on rails <laughs> who knows though yeah damn the mystery uh, lives on <laughs> yeah even within me i have no idea <laughs> so you're definitely in the upper echelon of canadian skateboarding and you've you've been there for a long time but for whatever reason when you're in your prime you never wanted to or got the bump to full american am or pro status were there ever talks or opportunities that we never heard about 
Um, definitely was offered things or invited on things, but um, overall, nothing really sparked my interest. Maybe I was a little too picky, I guess, in hindsight, but I have no regrets, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like the skateboard industry is a little weird, in a sense, but it's a, it is, at the end of the day, like, all about... Um, friendships and making connections and all that so I feel like maybe I didn't maybe put myself out there because I guess in a weird way I was kind of serious about skateboarding but I feel like most company connections are built through relationships and maybe I didn't put myself out there enough and travel to certain places to make those connections but that really wasn't my angle so like i said i have no regrets um i'm not angry or hating or anything i'm pretty pretty satisfied with everything that's what's up sick yeah Yeah. i feel like i feel like the industry is even different now too like the whole scene's different it's like music there's so many different genres you could say and then yeah so many different people involved so it's cool what were some of the uh the things that came up that you weren't like necessarily feeling i don't know if i really want to say anyone's name or anything <laughs> i don't know a dark star came <laughs> is knocking. that cool yeah yeah, yeah. no, no. Oh, oh yeah i think they did actually maybe I think chuck, yeah chuck thomas did him up i totally forgot i that wasn't even on my list of things i think he did he was a super nice dude but maybe that was through like um like Galia, maybe, and other Canadians, obviously, were kind of a part of that program, I guess. But yeah, there was other people too. Who were you riding for there? DC for a long time. I feel like, were you on Chocolate for a bit or Girl? Um, yeah, just through the distributor though in Canada through Super Distribution. Yeah. I think I was maybe on Direct with Lakai at one point after dc um, oh yeah was that the front shove back nose grind ad i can't remember but i remember that ad was in every mag for so long. Uh, yeah i can't remember either <laughs> was that a four star ad maybe it was four star cl- oh actually oh no i know you're talking about sorry yeah that was i think that's when i got on direct i know there was maybe talks of maybe during like the fully flare days that they might do a Canadian thing, which unfortunately didn't transpire. It would have been really cool. I don't know who else would have been involved. They had like a really good Canadian team. Like I know Ted DeGroo was on direct, maybe also, but like I don't. Yeah, I don't. He was obviously flow, and same with Travis Stanger, or maybe he was on DVS and then got on Lakai. I forget the whole timeline, but there was yeah, like DVS and Lakai were killing point. it in canada for a minute mm-hmm. there yeah that was like probably maybe one of the more exciting things i remember maybe being a part of like fully maybe potentially having a trick or maybe filming for fully fired but it didn't happen but that would have been cool Fuck. Um, that would have been really yeah. sick mm-hmm. just because there was like the 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 Euro guys and maybe uh, the guys from the UK had their thing, so it would have been cool, but yeah, mm-hmm. nothing trans nothing transpired. 
Oh man! Imagine you could have been a sick little Canadian yeah, section. You, Mick yeah, you, McD, mm-hmm. and like Stanger or something. Stanger. Whoo! Yeah. Ted. Fuck. I think McD was uh, McD was DBS though. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> sorry, McD. <laughs> 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 so yo, this one, this one hit me hard, man. The Strange Brew trailer. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> But the Strange Brew trailer, one of the the Strange Brew trailer, uh, made Strange Brew one of the most anticipated Canadian videos in a long time. And uh, right near the end of it, you pop what looks like is gonna be the most beast and probably an all-time great switch tray over that like train track gap, I think, in Vancouver. And so. You know, oh, I, you know, I was I was counting down the days for that for your video part to drop, and then I probably like made it extra flared. I was like, oh, I'm gonna pop this nice front foot catch. Nah, I'm not landing this. Maybe I did though, and I piped with my hand down. That that spot was super rough. Um, okay, yeah, there could well, be footage. I should ask. Could ask Kurt. I don't know. Like I was pretty picky at that point. I was like. At that point in my skateboarding, I was like, I don't really want to showcase myself putting my hands down. Damn, B. Yeah, who filmed that? Because I need the whole, I need the raw tape, man. I would love to just watch that whole probably, session. <laughs> probably Kurt Filipponi. Um, I I lived with Nathan Evans, and uh, we lived like a block away from that spot. And it was right next to the ghetto spot in Vancouver. Right? Like, Desarmo did all those... GGK, I don't know what video it was. He did a bunch of lines like skating that yellow bar and switching over the couch. Mm-hmm. That was essentially like mm. a, a block away from where I lived at that point when I did that switch tray or tried to switch tray that gap. But um, yeah, I can't remember to be honest. Damn. The ultimate tease, man. <laughs> Strange brew trailer. Fucking <laughs> okay, legend. Only you, man. Only you. Bro, do you remember when trailers were like a big deal? Oh, of course, yeah. Was and you'd be p- you'd be pissed if it gave away an ender or something like that. Mm-hmm. I do not remember yeah. that trailer at all. <laughs> that video, though, ah, oh, damn. That video is pretty funny. It is a strange brew. I realized. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. It actually so yeah, many vibes. So long. Yeah. Yeah, so many vibes, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. I like my part in that though, but I hurt myself obviously with that fall at the beginning. So um, yeah, yeah, I we hate to more. to ask about it. Like you've probably told the story many times, but can you tell the story of the the scary ass fifty fifty bail on that big metal ledge? Yeah, so I was in Barcelona, Spain, and I think I was there for almost a month. And um, I was there for going to be there for two months, so I was halfway through my trip, and I was like stumbled upon that spot and thought I could do it and obviously I didn't do it <laughs> and uh, yeah it sucked but uh, yeah I don't know if I should go into all the details but it, no regrets too I feel like that was kind of the end of my like skateboard career as like as like my skateboard soul <laughs> or something I don't know it was it was meant to be I guess in a sense but um yeah it'd be kind of cool if someone did that spot though i'd be super happy to see someone 
do that trick. Conquer it for you? Yeah, I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty gnarly, so I understand. Yeah, that's something that, like... It's totally doable. What's that guy who won Sodi a couple years ago? Who? Jamie Foy? No, the the other guy who um, kickflipped into the car wash. It's like something he would oh, do. Oh, Pedro. That what is that buddy. guy's name? Milton yeah, something. He, Milton Martinez. Is he goofy or regular? Yeah. A crazy bastard. He would just like go Mach 10 and gap to the down part and just... <laughs> yeah. Just wax, oh. wax the shit out of it. That'd be sick. Dude, but That'd that part cool. has uh, my favorite clip of yours. The and Probably one of the steeziest clips... Maybe of all time in skating, the crooks pop over the <laughs> sidewalk, man. With the jacket oh, yeah. unzipped. Oh, yeah. Jeez. God damn. God damn. Yeah, you laugh now, Safa. No, I just didn't know which clip proper. you were talking about, but the most steezy yeah, of all time is high gonna, praise. You thought I were going to mention a clip that wasn't even in his part or something like that. <laughs> my skate knowledge, probably. Yeah, like, oh, here he goes again. Oh, I just feel like I did a lot of crooks. I was like, ah, oh, that was just me skating a rail doing a crook and it was yeah I don't remember I did it super fast that's all I remember that was a good part yeah. overall and it, that was wicked yeah I remember Galea back 50 that rail and I was I was like damn bro man's on the round rails and then that'd be scarier for me back 50 oh for, for me sure. too I just I don't know why Galea's back 50 of all things stood out because probably because I'm not a back 50 but <laughs> Yeah, that rail's pretty sick yeah. looking. And I, I feel like, yo, wasn't that the one where there's the funniest clip? Was Wade there? Other Wade D? Because I think there's a clip of him giving you a high five after. Maybe he's he got was. the biggest pants on and t-shirt of all time. <laughs> like Guinness Book of World Records. Probably. Yeah. It's probably that era, for sure. I actually think I have it way Definitely. back on my Instagram. So I'm going to oh. find it and send it to you because it's too funny. The Wade on Wade That's love, good. and then Wade just looks so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, so you eventually rode for Studio Skateboards and put out a part called the Last Part, which was a joy to watch, but bittersweet <laughs> for uh, for your fans like me. But uh, what was it like filming that part, knowing it was the last one, man? So at that point. I like to joke around and I guess I do have somewhat of a big ego and I was like next video I'm gonna have last part but <laughs> in the end I obviously was not filming to what maybe I wanted to and I think it was just a good send off for me at that point to just be like look this is probably my last part <laughs> you know I, in a funny way so it kind of worked out good and i don't really remember that part now like i don't really watch my skating and whatever happened in the past happened in the past so i'm kind of curious almost want to watch it now because i'm like yeah, i'm curious to know what that part is because i feel like i did two two videos for studio after their first video maybe so yeah you had the one with the i think switch back tail switch flip was their last trick mm -hmm. But that was in a video with the rest of the guys. And then yeah. I think last part was like its own thing. But that was after. Okay. I think I had maybe like a commercial with them or something. And I think I get that whole era kind of mixed together. So I'm not sure what's in there. 
But for the most part, it was fun, but I'm pretty pretty washed up, I feel like, at that point. But it's fun. Like, I hope people enjoy it, but... <laughs> It's not. It's not like my best skating. I'm like an old man. Like, oh, my back, my ankles, <laughs> kind of thing. Hey, you had a steezy switchback big man. Oh, there, there's some gems in there yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just. I always just thought it was cool that you put that out and called it last part because I feel like most athletes, not just like skaters are the last people to realize when they're done. Like they never want to retire until like they're forced. You know, a lot of people don't like leave at the top of their, like Tom Brady gets to choose when he retires, but yeah. most people just, they're just done and they get kicked out of the league or whatever. But you actually were like, all right, this is it. Like I'm going to do it. Like not a lot of skaters, I feel like do that or announce it in any way, you know, just kind of just fade away. So I thought it was cool that you were like, mm-hmm. Yo, this is my last part. You're welcome. Heath your chart, man. You and Heath. Yeah, you and Heath. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, maybe I was a little pushed out, I feel like. <laughs> certain sponsors were like, okay. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there is some probably truth to that, too. I feel like um, maybe subconsciously to those sponsors... <laughs> The vibe wasn't super sweet. Not saying studio, but just in general. So I was like, yeah, it's probably, this is probably it. So, and like at the same time, I wasn't skating. I had like a full time job. Like I wasn't skating every day. So mm-hmm. it's a cycle of life, right? Like probably better to invest in a younger person. So it's all good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not holding on to the bitter uh, end like man's like me. Please let me get more boxes. <laughs> are, you, are you are you still holding on? No, 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 no. <laughs> Honestly, no. he just announced a comeback, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I announce a comeback once a he year. He just announced a comeback, but not yeah. not like a sponsor me comeback. Just a I want to skate. Donald dropped a part yeah. recently. Oh when yeah. You dropping your part, Safa? Yeah. Well, Donald wanted to start from scratch because he's got more pride in uh, not wanting to put out old clips where I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I feel like I'm filming my last part right now. So I'm like, yo, whatever I have, I'm holding on to until the part's done. But Donald wanted a clean slate. So still in the works, baby. (laughs) Summer 2023, end of summer, spring, fall. I would be well into the winter. I think winter yeah. of 2024 Whoa. is the deadline. That's the deadline I'm giving myself at least. Like skate this whole summer, next whole summer, and then like maybe one more trip in the winter, and then. Jesus Christ, we got to get this thing out, man. Yeah, that's a lot. Two more man. years. This is the last year we got. Yeah. So you're gonna film this. Let's set the year? deadline right now. I mean. I don't know. Like, I literally put out one minute and six seconds of footy, and people are calling it apart. So, <laughs> I think it's achievable. I had like four guest tricks in there and some B-roll as well. So, <laughs> all right, well, it's we'll, doable. And we'll, you have we'll, lots we'll of footy right now. No, I don't. You got lots of good footy. We'll see. I'm st- I'm still you holding. You can do on. it, man. Please sponsor me, people. I'm just kidding. Saying like, <laughs> not this, not this bunch jam, but the next bunch jam. There's got to be a video, man. You know, yeah. that's achievable. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. At the Air Canada Center. No, real shit. Yeah. Real shit. 
Budweiser Stadium. <laughs> Woo! That'd be wicked, actually. <laughs> Who's got to connect to that? Live Nation, man. Hit us up. Yeah, we'll hook them up. So, although we definitely think you should have had a pro career in the States with all the glitz and glam, it was awesome to see Studio give you a pro board. What did that mean to you? Um, do you want me to be completely honest? I felt like it was... Yeah, that's why we're here. Writing for a Canadian board company, so... It was almost like I kind of turned myself pro <laughs> in a funny way. But it was really cool to make board graphics and stuff, and at the time it felt good, but it wasn't like I felt like a real pro in maybe my childhood dream of being a pro, but it was pretty cool, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, it didn't feel like a... Yeah, it felt kind of fake, to be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Hey, well, we were stoked. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's not it like, yeah. yeah, there's some graphics I'm stoked on. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, you like picture some other stuff, but yeah, no, definitely. And it wasn't really my angle, obviously, but it was cool that uh, I could work on a project with friends and everything. But it did feel a little, yeah, it just felt like kind of like a smaller, lower budget thing at the time and yeah no regrets too or anything um just didn't feel like i like made my dreams but um i was i was happy definitely yeah no it's definitely obviously different than the traditional route but there's certain skaters that definitely deserve it and whether it was through studio or through girl or whatever it was just sick to see your name on a board for sure yeah, we were happy yeah. to see it, that's for sure. And I'm sure, like, everybody watching your skating for all those years were happy to see it, too. Yeah. No, for sure. I hope I don't come off like I'm bummed or anything. It was sick. I'm just, yeah. No, we definitely, like, understand what you're, where you're <laughs> It's understandable, from yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's got a certain vision of going pro. It is what it is. It was dope. Yeah. So, yo, you held down Vancouver for a long time, but in 2022... Moved your ass to Toronto. Welcome to the city, big dog. Uh, what brought you back these ways to these rough winters, man? It's fucking freezing right now. Uh, I just needed a change. I had a great time in Vancouver. I was there for over 20 years. I just essentially was in a long relationship, and that ended, and I was just unhappy with my job. And I ended that, and I just thought it would be fun to try something new and different and start fresh. So, so far, so good. No complaints. No complaints, except for the weather in particular. The last two days, I'm sure, was a little rough for you. (laughs) Uh, It's actually not that bad. I feel like I kind of got used to it maybe a month or two ago. Like around Christmas, it actually got kind of cold. And uh, I kind of got used to it then. And I just have, like, gear. I have, like, long johns and all the base layers and gloves and yada, yada. So I'm pretty good when I go outside, to be honest. Um, Just got to get suited up, man. (laughs) Yeah, even today I was, like, went outside, like, obviously overdressed. And I was like, oh, it's really warm. But, like, it's plus two, I think. It feels Mm -hmm. like minus two. I don't know. For 
Canadian people. <laughs> Celsius, but um, yeah. No, it's fine. I actually, I'm like used to it now. Whereas Vancouver's really weird. It's like a moist cold. Here it's more of like a dry cold. It's different. So I'm, I'm pretty used to it now. But like mm-hmm. the plus here is that it's so humid here for longer in the summer, like spring, fall, summer. Vancouver's like kind of, kind of like a cold spring and fall and like a nice summer. Whereas here it's like a longer, more humid. Yeah, for spring, summer, fall. So. Yeah, it's too yeah. fucking hot here in the summer to be honest with you. That humid shit is fucking terrible. But yeah, the last no, two days, I, that that cold wind literally would fucking burn your face, man. It was so fucking cold. Yeah, it it would, I, bro. Like being outside at like five thirty in the morning, the wind was like burning. It was so cold. Yeah, yeah. I, I I discovered those things called gators. Do you know what those are? Gators. You like put them on your. It's like a neck warmer, but you like. Put oh. it from your neck to your oh like, yeah the nose. construction guys i just go full balaclava yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's even better but you could do balaclava push iced mask on bro it can't yeah. see me yeah bro. yeah the gators Smart. sometimes i just wonder why i live in this fucking country man or this city to be honest with you Where the weather's actually so fucked here and it's so expensive to live in this goddamn city well yeah where do you want to be i love toronto i love toronto i love montreal yeah. But I wish I could just afford to live in like Miami for six months a year or LA because my Ooh. sister's there now. But I don't know. When you mm-hmm. just leave the winter for like a week or something on a trip and then you got to fly home, you're just like, wait, why do I live there again? Like, deal with that for six months a year. Especially yeah. since my sister yeah. left, though. It really like made me like go to a visitor. I'm just like, damn, you, you're way smarter than me. You just packed up and left <laughs> i could walk and save up to come visit you you just live here like a legend the things we deal with so <laughs> now that you're here what's next for wade fife man uh probably take over the six um, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm probably the calmest just, voice honestly, ever he came for our ladies life and uh, you know maybe um you know get it a good career going and a family and you know settle down have kids Ooh. who knows maybe um yeah honestly i have a lot of things in my mind and i'm gonna try to accomplish them um but yeah overall i'm really excited to be here and just start something new and we'll see what happens and there's a lot of good people here too i'm excited to be here because i feel like um yeah, there's so many good people here. Like, I know the weather's not the greatest, but you surround yourself with good people. Good things will happen, and I'm pretty independent, too, but overall, I'm excited to be here. Hell yeah, man. Stoked you're here this summer. We got to get out and about, and uh, word on the street is there might be some uh, a little comeback season for Mr. Wade, as well as me claiming it every year. You trying to get a sesh with the boys? Maybe a clip for the bunt video or what? Yeah, I'll probably just film on my own because I kind of operate better that way. I don't really do good in groups. No, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't skated that much in the last couple of years, but I have like multiple setups still. So and there's tons of spots. Even where I live, there's so many spots. So like, um, living here, I'm like, oh, it's so fun looking at architecture and just skate spots everywhere. Whereas in Vancouver, it's 
way more desolate for spots. Maybe because I live close to a lot of spots. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, I've got a claim for you already. Just popped Uh into my head. U of T Manny. No. Front shove, nose Manny, nolly flip. Full comeback. Sounds too easy. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I got to move on to something different. I want to do tricks I didn't do. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm going in the complete opposite direction. I shouldn't say it's too easy. That would probably be hard. No, I'm I'm gonna take that back. That'd be hard for me, but um, I could probably do it eventually. But I just want to do other tricks. I feel like we we just need that one. If it's if it's in the realm of possibility, if you do that one, happen to do it, it's uh it's for the bunt video. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's the request. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> last thing before rapid fire. Now that you've finally done your interview, can you just tell your brother, Brian Weary, that it's not that bad and that he should come on the pod and fucking do it already? A little PSA yeah. for the people. Stop being a little bitch, you little dog. Get on the pod. <laughs> I can, I can, maybe I'll do a pod with him and hold his hand. Have there we go. The back, make sure it's okay. There we go. Nah, Weary's a big boy. I'm joking. Weary's a big boy. He could do it, though, but I'm sure there's... I don't know. I was a little scared, too, too, and I'm sure he has the same reasons, too. I don't know. We overthink things. I know, but that's why I'm saying now that you've done it, you can tell him it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad, Weary. He can do it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Do it, big dog. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week it's an honor to be brought to you by Spitfire Wheels. You name it, Spitfire's got it. Shapes, colors, different duros, they've got wheels for every spot and style. Can't go wrong with the Formula 4 Classics, but if you want something a little softer with a wider riding surface for the roughest spots, Conical Full and 97 DU is what you need. Hell, even if you're just filming the homies, Spitfire 80 HDs got you for the filmer homies. You get me. Spitfire, man. The most trusted urethane in skateboarding for a reason. You know the bump burns nothing else. Spitfire. Wait for it. All right. Favorite skater? Me. Oh. Favorite video? Anything I'm in. <laughs> Favorite video part? I don't know. Overall, there's so many good people, and my opinion changes all the time. There's so many. Um, I love skateboarding, so I'll leave it at that. Favorite style? So confusing. I love them all. And I, and I do dislike some things, but for the most part, so many good skaters. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? I feel like I was very influenced at a young age and didn't really come into my own until later in life. Yeah, I like raw, fast skating, but sometimes I kind of like dudes that skate slow too and methodical manuals. I don't know. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. For me growing up, it was like 
Maybe Travis Banger, Ted DeGrow, Russ Milligan. Favorite trick? Maybe like switchback tail. Can't go wrong. Hardest trick for you? Maybe a regular inward heel. I can do them, but it's just like a lot of effort. <laughs> Definitely agree. There's no way like I could do that trick without breaking a sweat. Most illegal trick? Probably like a shaloo, which is like a hard flip between the legs, either a regular switch nollie fakie. It's just, it was cool in the 90s, but like when I see it now, I'm like, stupid. It's ugly. It's like, why don't you just like flick it and catch it? It's like, not cool. But that's just my opinion. Anyone can do what they want. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Probably that 50, that double kinker in Montreal, 20 stair. Hell yeah. Sick. Worst trend you've been a part of? Probably just switching my style. Like I, I feel like I wore baggy clothes and then went a bit slimmer and then baggy clothes, slim fit and in hindsight, it's okay, but it's like I didn't. I was just young and just so influenced by so many things, and maybe didn't. I wish I would have had more of a a vision at a younger age and just stuck to it. Yeah, it's so hard to fucking not be influenced, though. I, well, like at the same time, I was like young, so I was like a kid, and now I'm like a man, so now I feel pretty secure within myself, but. As a, at a young age, I was like obviously insecure and looked up to so many things. So it it explains it, but I wish I was like more mature, maybe at a younger age, and like wore like a relaxed fit, <laughs> <laughs> relaxed fit chinos or something consistently, and not like worn like a tall tee and like most. Most likely I'm a, a medium in like a t-shirt, but I definitely wore so many different weird sizes. Yeah, we're all guilty. I guess that's part of growing up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? This comes to mind right now. Travis Stanger in Vancouver in like 2000 did kickflip back tail slide, kickflip barrel flip out but like in like two tries on a pretty high ledge and I was like that was pretty psycho like <laughs> I, I, I would have been stoked to just backtail that ledge at that point and, damn yeah. stanger mm -hmm. what's the one trick that got away I feel like there's so many actually like I really did try to push myself and maybe unfortunately have big big dreams and try crazy tricks and not land them but maybe like switch flip back tail switch flip backside flip out i think i tried a couple times but uh yeah i gave up on that one <laughs> damn what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed it's probably probably my switch tray flip you're talking about in the stream <laughs> <laughs> dream job after skating an artist Sick. Sculptures. Hell yeah. Favorite local brand? I don't think there, it exists yet. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite, 
favorite local skater? So it's bad. I live in Toronto, so I don't really keep up. Landon in Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Dope. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Blue collar. (laughs) 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 That's cold. It's a cold world. Bundle up, weary. (laughs) It's a plug. (laughs) Favorite teammate ever? Probably me. Me versus me. I get along with most people, though. Worst company? Probably like Monster or Red Bull. Classic. Worst trend? Oh, right now in my life? Uh, probably like when I first started skating, it was like huge, huge baggy jeans, like Plan B Virtual Reality. I don't know, like 92, 3. It was like huge jeans in their like cutoff. That was insane. Like that's yeah. even baggier than Jazarma. <laughs> but they were like cut off too so I didn't really partake a little but yeah that was insane huge jeans and like tight trucks like tic tac and small wheels worst style Simon Woodstock oh damn I don't know if kids would know what that is no that's just like too easy from back in the day I think most people have bad style but sometimes they can look good <laughs> right Oh, like shit. it like sketchiness can look cool sometimes so yeah it's hard to say but like honestly like anyone that doesn't look comfortable on a skateboard fully even if they're like pro or amateur or whatever they can look they can do tricks but they might not look fully comfortable on a skateboard still pretty much there's a lot of people it's a true statement like most people a, do have ma- bad style. yeah it's kind of crazy yeah majority of people don't look good and like there's guys that or girls sorry or people in general that um look comfortable on a skateboard and maybe don't skate as fast or anything but they look way better on a skateboard than like some pros or amateurs or whatever so it's kind of confusing not everyone can have style like the fife god i guess not (laughs) last person you want on the sesh Everyone. I'd rather just skate by myself. It's like a filmer <laughs> and a photographer. I'd rather be by myself. I'm pretty independent. Maybe someone, but for the most part, yeah. Damn. So I guess we won't be seeing you this summer, unfortunately. Our dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'll film a couple things and send them over. <laughs> That's how I operate. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Wade Fife. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I love everyone. And thank you to all my close friends, family, and everyone that's ever helped me or supported me. I appreciate you. Love you. Hell yeah, bro. Thank you. Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickey Skateboarding quality workwear since 1922 from the work site to the streets nobody keeps you fitted like dickies ghost another packed inbox kick it off man you've got mail all right all right first up we got an email from yay fey oi oi you big bad bunt brevas two things one i've been listening back to old episodes 
and fuck my life season 10 episode one with oscar and albert is goddamn gold the finger resetting story was too funny question is who in bunt history has had you guys crying with laughter at their storytelling second thing have you guys seen the massive bunt occurring on the slap message boards some kid called out nolly trey over the hydrant from stefan janowski's recent cover you guys should be there to document the bunt of the year when he can't even roll up large up your whole lives for bringing the barn burners year after year uh did he just bunt himself did he mean austin gillette's cover i believe the switch tray over the hydrant i believe so (laughs) uh i didn't see that tough way to end out the email yeah yeah so some kid basically has claimed that he can nolly tray it and then there's been a GoFundMe that has started to fly him out to Cali oh to see God. the Nolly tray. But Jankum got to the bottom of it and they started talking to him. And he's come to the realization I don't think he has the ability. He could skate, but Nolly tray, come on. That just ain't going to happen. But let's go back to, to number one. Who in Bunt history has had you guys crying with laughter at their storytelling? For me, and... I mean, we've heard a lot of funny stories, but one sticks out the most. The Brad Cromer, oh, yeah. Manny Santiago, birthday cake story. I was, we were actually crying, laughing. Like I could not take it any longer. <laughs> that story is all time. One of the best. Brad Cromer can tell a goddamn story. Yeah, that was a classic for sure. That was one of those ones where my head hurt from laughing. I mean, there's too many, so I'm going to miss a bunch, but like just some recency bias. If you haven't listened to uh, JP Souza, that was an instant classic on the comedy side. Fred Gall, another classic. Um, I'm pretty sure Brian Wenning had us cracking up. Morgan, Wade, all the homies. Yo, Hugo. Oh my God. When he thought he won the lottery. Yeah. When Hugo thought he won the lottery, that was one of the greatest stories ever. (laughs) And he was crying he on the, off the subway, subway thinking someone was going to rob him and shit. Oh, my God. Uh, Chuck was a classic. Our Montreal brother. Mitch Barrett, one of, like, he comes up the most. I feel like everyone All wants time. around to with Mitch, which we'll try and get done this summer. Yeah. The archives are full of gold. So go back and listen if you haven't. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Daniel G. Peace and blessings to the kings of the offseason. The Patreon member drop was amazing. Thank you for that. Imagine being a regular listener to the show and not being a Patreon member. Insane. What kind of person could do such a thing? I wanted to let you guys know that this past weekend I had my favorite skateboarding moment. I held my son's hand while he rode on a skateboard for the first time. I've never gotten a box. I've never filmed a part. Never entered a contest. Never dropped an absolute barn burner of a podcast for the people. I've never done anything in skateboarding, but seeing my son smile as I guided him across an empty schoolyard basketball court made me feel fulfilled in a way that would surely go past D. Jones' patience for email length to describe. It just hit different than anything else I've ever experienced in skateboarding. My question to you guys is, from the heart, cards on the table, what was your most fulfilling moment in skateboarding? Wow. Before we answer that, can I just say that was a beautiful email. Uh, thanks for being a mm-hmm. patron. And I could just picture that moment with your son. Uh, that sounds absolutely incredible. So thanks for the love, homie. I mean, for me, fuck, basically growing up in skateboarding with all my friends, you know, lifelong friends. 
but it's got to be something that uh, I've experienced with Safe over the last six, seven years doing the podcast, whether it was our one-year anniversary party at a drift skate shop, whether it was our first live show, House of Vans Toronto, or the Bunt Jam, man. Me and Safe have experienced a lot of breathtaking memories together. It's been an awesome ride. Say, love you, dog. It's been uh, unexplainable, honestly, from, from where this started to still going now. And now we bring a lot of our friends along for the ride and go on skate trips thanks to the bunt. And it's just become such a beautiful thing. And yeah, Safe, man. You're my most heartwarming part of skateboarding is <laughs> our relationship together. Dude, I got to... Well, first of all, thank you. And I got to echo that. I've had some ups and downs on the board over the years, like as an individual, but I got to say like all the highlights since we started the bunt, like all bunt related highlights have got to be it for me. Cause it feels like, even though this is so fun for us, for me, at least it feels like, like skateboarding has given me so much, but doing the podcast is like i feel like for me i don't know if you feel this way dono but it's like our way to like give back to skateboarding because it means so much when we do hear from people that say it gets them through tough times or gets them through a day at work like just being able to spread some laughs uh to the skate community that's given us so much and like shaped our lives um just feeling like we're giving back a little bit in our own way that's definitely the most rewarding and then yeah stuff like more specifically like bunt, bunt jam every trip me and donald get to take together like i i still always pinch myself and definitely don't take it for granted it's a very nice email man love you too donald why is this guy got us emotional right out the gate <coughs> oh, <laughs> we're supposed to be hard over here man god damn i'm glad i'm alone in the room right now Getting emotional over here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. All right, next up, we got an email from Tej Knapp. Bump Boys, what's up? Favorite trick over a table. Been thinking about some dude named Rambo. Fakie healing a table at Greco's Park. Wild. Much love. Definitely remember that at the Hammer Park. That that Mm -hmm. was insane. Favorite trick just in general, eh? It's just there's so many, man. Like, what do you pick? Here, I'll, I'll, crazy, I'll just but... give the three first ones that come to mind. I just rewatched Cherry, so I'm going to go with uh, Dylan Reader, back heel, then switch back heel. Second last clip in the video. Uh, mm. Timeless classic. Style was on a thousand. Um, as far as a, a trick on the top, like a ledge trick style, I'll go with um, Carlos Ribeiro, switch flip back, nose blunt. <clears throat> But Holy not, fuck. he did one from flat, but he did it also, you know, that one that they skate like slanted into the hill. Mm-hmm. So when he did that yeah. was like when no one was really doing that trick still. And that just was out of nowhere. Like first couple tricks in his part, that one definitely stood out. And then more recently, let's go with uh, the one, two punch from Diego Najera, Nolly hard flip crook and Nolly Vario flip crook. Insane. Oh, and he kickflipped the one lengthwise. God yeah, damn. the long ways. Yeah, yeah sorry, that was a lot. That one. Maybe shout out Wade on the slanted one down the bank, like you said, the most perfect hard flip 5 mm, of all time. Balanced. Um, backside flip 180, nose grind 180, obviously. Tall T. And then um, 
Will Marsh, Nolly half cap flip oh. out of a little bump, yeah. which was actually psycho and extremely fucking clean. Keelan Dad did a really good switch flip last week over one. It was fucking butter. Ode to the goat, Keenan Milton. Yeah, Keenan Milton and Rodrigo TX, probably the best two switch flips over a table ever done. TX is in, um, was that in Minigmati? I think. Diego Su. Oh, and what about the whole Herman part with all oh his Oh my bench god. Shit? Yeah, dude. Oh, there's too Switch much front there's, heel. There's too much, man. Uh yeah. Danny Hamaguchi, Nolly Trey from Flat, like Yeah. Diego also fucking switch hard flipped one and switch varial heel, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe he didn't do switch hard flip. I don't know. Uh lots of insanity. Carlos, our main man, switch back three as well. Yeah. Oh, the list goes on. Never ending, man. Those benches sure came in handy, eh? <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got an email from Jim Gower. Oi, oi, geezers. Here's a situation slash choice for you. You're going to skate prison for the most illegal trick of all time. You get one last day of freedom to watch. One last skate video can be a part or full length. Skate one last spot and have one last after skate meal. Hmm. I'd pick, here. here's his choices. I'd pick real since day one, Canada Water Ledge in London, and the chicken and chorizo paella never fails. Anyways, cheers lads, huge fan, big love. All right, what's your favorite video, that's a, basically? That's a fun one right there. I'm gonna go with Flip Sorry, cause I'll just never get bored of that video. Yeah, legend. I feel like I'm we always sight say the same ones. Yeah, sight unseen, flip sorry, Minic Maddie, dying to live. But yeah. yeah, I'll just go with sorry because Appleyard to spark it, some rally in the middle, and close it off with mm -hmm. Arto. Like, just never gets old. Hard to, hard to beat. Bastion, god damn. Um, one last spot. Say. One last spot. This is a crazy one to say because I never got to skate it properly, but Love Park. I did walk through Love Park and did 150 on a little ledge. So I could I could see myself just having a ball there for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. What do you got? I was going to say Commerce Court in Toronto, like back in the day, uncapped and shit and no bust. But let me just mix it up with some love. Dude, for uh, nostalgic reasons... And taking me down memory lane last week, I'm going to go Common Ground night session with the fucking fellas, oh, man. Oh, shit. Bring it back. Hell yeah. Uh, One last after skate meal. While Common Ground's on my mind, uh, I'll do this one for my boy Disher. It's going to be chicken wings and fries with a couple pints. <laughs> it's always hitting. Six-year-old will teach him how to eat the wings. He said, make your pizzas close that day. Sorry. All right, if that's the case, bruv, I, I landed, I just tray flip Love Park. I'm feeling real nice. Take me to Union for a Union burger and fries, man, and a couple nice pints. Yeah, what do you, what's for dessert, man? Oh, you already know, man. A little vanilla ice cream with that pecan pie. Mm. <laughs> If pecan pie's on the menu, you know the ghost is pulling up sooner or later. <laughs> All right, thanks right, for the email. Choice. All right, next up, 
we got an email from Paul Webster, non-US based skater of the year. All right, gentlemen, absolutely love the podcast and never miss an episode. Also loved your appearance on Beyond Boards. It was great to hear more about you two legends and the best pod in the game. Oh, thanks, bro. Uh, always wanted to ask a question to the post office feature, and I finally thought of something. I was lurking in the comments on the recent Tom Knox Pro for Crooked part, and someone said they'd love to see a Sodi run from him. Wouldn't we all? And that got me thinking, has there ever been a Sodi winner who wasn't US-based? Looking through the list of winners, it doesn't look like it to me. I'm a massive Tom Knox fan. I would love for him to knock out five amazing parts with perfectly timed releases to take the 2023 Skater of the Year. However, what with him having a family in London and being UK-based, would this be the first? This would obviously be an amazing feat. If not Tom, then who you guys? Who could you guys see winning Sodi? Who isn't uh, based in the USA? Big shout out to Matlock Crew for keeping me hyped in Derbyshire, England. Keep the barns burning, Paul. Well, there've been some international Sodis for sure. Appleyard. Yeah. Like, Art, did Art Rowley. Arto get one? Rowley, like, but they. I guess he just means like they, they were lived in the Cali's. states when they won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I have to look at the list. Uh, I honestly don't think it is possible. Um, Because there's definitely been guys over the years, like Lucas Puig could have had one probably in his heyday. Not that he's not in it anymore, you know, but his family's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. I mean, he yeah, said like, he looked It's obviously possible. It's just not easy, right? Tom Knox could make a move for one. Obviously, he could be a front runner. Here's the thing. Um, I'm looking at the list right now, and I don't know if he looked at the same list, but it says where everyone's based out of. It's mostly USA, but we got Costin, Thailand, Bob Burnquist. Wait, is not... No, bro. Cost is not from, like, based... Is I know. Based I'm just... Thailand. I'm literally just going to read the list and the, the country's, like, backgrounds. Well, read the logical ones. Bob... <laughs> chill. Bob Burnquist, Brazil. That's legit. Rowley. <clears throat> Rowley, England. Arto, Finland. <clears throat> Appleyard, Canada. Daywon Song, Korea. Uh, David Gonzalez, Colombia. Most recently, Milton Martinez, Argentina. Yeah, those are all Cali guys. None of those guys are based in any of those countries you spoke of. Um, yeah, I don't think it's possible, man. I think it's possible. I don't know how. Like, I think it'll happen eventually. I just. Who's it going to be, though? That's a good question. Maybe. Uh... Maybe Shane moves home <laughs> and wins one. Maybe that. That I forget his name, the young kid who had a part in Lens 3. He's looking primed to be an absolute beast for years to come. So that's where I'll put my money on him. <clears throat> or maybe uh, Noah from April. Or Jack. Yo, Jack. Let's well, go, Brady Jack. could make a run, but he just moved to Cali. Like. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely tough. I'm sure like it's easier if you're like around Thrasher and you can go film like little Thrasher edits with them and shit, but... Um, I'm not ruling it out. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. But yeah, even though there's lots of guys with backgrounds, they probably were all living in the States for the most part the year yeah. they won. So do you. It's 
ask. I said cost in Thailand, man. I'm just reading. This list just has like everyone's <laughs> nationality beside their name. So sue me. All right. Next up, we've got an email from G-Dub. Do you guys know Musa Yeber? I've seen clips of him in some top of the world videos and on Mitch and Samwin's Instagram, backtailing handrails and shit. But all this is almost 10 years old or older, and I haven't seen anything more recent. I figured he quit skating, but did you guys know him or anything? He seemed like he ripped, and I wish I could see more footy from him. Uh, yeah, Musa, the homie. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Ottawa just because me and Mitch are so close. I always go visit him, so met Musa through Mitch years and years ago. Uh, dope dude, really good skater. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL, I believe, and he might have done it more than once. So I remember he came back and like started getting buck right away again, I think. And then I th I'm pretty sure he hurt his knee again. And then since then, I'm not too sure. I think he's chilled on skating a bit, looking out for that knee. Shouts to Musa wherever he's at, whatever he's doing. Hope he's well. All right, next up, we've got an email from Marcus P. Hello, the bunt. Back nose grind coming straight behind the ledge as opposed to the side. What are your stances on this? It is objectively easier, but when he does it this way, does it get a pass? Hell yeah, they get a pass. Are you are you uh, insane? Is that, a, is that a real question? <laughs> like, like, yeah, they're good to go. They're, they're easier straight on, no doubt. Like you got less chance of like hitting your kingpin and sticking or whatever. But I remember when I was younger, I used to have this weird thing where I would always notice that so many video parts started with a back nose grind and so many ended with nollie back heels. Bro, when John Alley sparks his part in dying to live with a back nose grind, you want to ask if that shit's legal? Pretty sure Arto sparked Jesus. the part with one as well. <clears throat> That's all you need to know, my guy. They feel so damn good straight on. It's like a nose manny. Quit hating. All right. Next up, we got an email from Ass Flaps. Yo, boys. Growing up, like most, I wanted to be a pro skater. Now that I'm an old ass man, I often think about the fact that skateboarding isn't about money. It's about passion. Roughly, how much do you think a typical pro makes? Not talking guys like Nyjah or P-Rod, but your average skater skater. Do you think most of them work an actual job as well? This is probably the hardest question to ask. I don't know. There's just too many and so many different levels of pro skaters, you know? Like you said, there's your Nigers and P-Rods and Aishods and Shane O'Neills who are absolutely living a luxurious life off of this. And then there's pros for small companies who are making zero dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say the majority of guys are working jobs as well. I say there's like a 5% who are living, you know, like a millionaire lifestyle, like a pro athlete. And then there's probably 20% who live a pretty good life. And then the rest are probably working a job or just scraping by. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't have any facts or figures to back this up, but I would guess, well, the range is massive, but like, there's probably the majority of pro skaters probably make between like 20 and like 60, 70 K a year. And then depending on who your sponsors are, you could probably get into the 100, 200, 300 range. And then there's just a few that are probably making hella bank. But uh, 
Yeah, even this season, we've interviewed some guys that, that have jobs and got nothing but respect for them, man. Doing something that you love as a job is uh, it's not necessarily easy, especially when it's skateboarding. We love them blue-collar mans around here, but we also love them legends who be making the big bucks. We love them all. All right, one more email for this week from Scott Childs. Hey, Buntholes. Got my own take on the fuck, Mary kill. It's called in the part, on the sesh, and in private. These three tricks. I like this. Pressure flip, Nolly Smith, and fakey frontside 360 shove. Is this the homie from uh, the East Coast? It looks like it. uh, What's up, Scott? P.S. I flew halfway across the world to put fakey frontside three shove into retirement at Makba. I sent you the clip oh. back in August. <laughs> Shit. Can you send it again? I don't Jeez. know if I saw that. Um, yeah. We'll post that up for sure. We're glad you retired it and you retired it in style. You went out with a bang, but definitely never do it again. Or unless you do it like in this game where you do it by yourself because no one needs to see that trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In the part, on the sesh, and in private. Pressure flip. Let's go, Donald. Pressure flip is in the part. I guess. <laughs> I guess you lost. Ellington all did it in a part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Ellington did it in a part. Nolly Smith. Over a gap. Nolly Smith is. Um, honestly, I don't know which one's worse here, like on the sesh or in private. Because like on the sesh, you can at least like make it a joke, but in private, like <laughs> if you're doing shit in private, it's like hiding it from the public. On the sesh, Nolly Smith in private fakey three shove. I probably can't even fakey frontside three shove to be honest with you. Let's try those next time we're together. Uh, all right. Yeah. You know what? It's the same. I think. Yours has yeah, to be the same. I think it's the same because. We've made way too much fun of Nolly Smith's on this pod to like do it in the part. And yeah. I still love watching an old video and like a Nolly Smith will come by and it's like acceptable when you go back into that yeah. like early 2000s mindset. But uh, yeah, that, that one's on the sesh. Fun trick to do warming up when you're too lazy to ollie into a Smith. In private, fake front three <laughs> shove. You don't need to do that. Huh? You don't, because you're too lazy to ollie into it. No one's doing that, man. Yeah? What do you mean? Nolly lips? Well, I don't... Oh, Nolly lip is legal. Yeah, yeah, No, I'm just saying, like, a Nolly Smith, if you're fucking around, it's like, you do a a Nolly lip warming up because you're too lazy to lip slide, right? Galea. Galea. Nolly lip's thicker than lip slide. Bro, me and Cody died Um, laughing the other day. We found this, um old edit from bass motion it was i don't know if you remember this one me morgan and cody like at common ground and shred mm-hmm. and we're watching it and he's chirping me and then we're laughing at morgan tries to double flip into the big bank at common ground and gets pitched to flat which i think oh. we posted before but he's like laughing at us and shit for like doing whack tricks and then all of a sudden he nolly lips the across rail at shred <laughs> and he's like wait oh, did i God. just nolly lip that and then he nolly back lips it like that's right bitch we were all whack um but nolly lips are hot still take chill. man what pop shove smith is worse than nolly smith. Oh, that's not a hot take i a thousand percent agree pop shove smith is one of the all worst right, tricks ever of all time pop shove lip jesus christ oh, don't even morgan used to love all that shit all right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office for this week. Get your emails and voice notes in to thebuntlive at gmail.com.
This is the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. This is about as sad a story as I can bring up in the fucking rundown, man. What have the Dallas Mavericks become? Damn. Uh, I've, I got no words for that one, man. Who knew it was such a fragile, like, ecosystem over there where you, you take out Dorian Finney-Smith and you fall off a cliff? But uh, the the shitty thing is that there's just no I don't see like an easy solution. They're, they're gonna have to get busy in the offseason because Mark Cuban's saying they want to re-sign Kyrie number one priority. But why? Yeah, well, because they already like threw a pick. So it's like once you like give away the picks, get rid of Finney Smith and um, your boy. What's the Spencer Dinwiddie? Like once you you know when like GMs and shit it's like once you commit to something you don't want to admit you're wrong so you double yeah. down on a bad decision. I mean, I could see it working out if they went out and like they should have gotten a Drew Holiday, not a Kyrie, you know. We already know Luka's such a liability defensively. He uses all his energy on offense. And like I understand like not being a great defender, but at least put some effort in like Steph's never been accused of being a great defender but at least he tries his ass off on He'll both get busy. ends you know Luca's the king of yeah. not getting a call on one end and crying the whole way back and leaving your team to play four on five defense like I hate that shit yeah. so I don't know but it, I'm shocked like before the season started I don't think anyone picked the Mavericks to miss the playoffs after the Western Conference Finals last year bro they went from the finals the western conference finals and then they got the reporters are asking luca if he misses brunson of course he misses brunson he's missing the playoffs what do you mean insane it's savage man insane it's just it's terrible but like how does this look for kyrie like if dallas doesn't sign kyrie like who wants kyrie man like it's the, fucking the brutal every team he's gone to the desperate yeah, ass Lakers. i guess he would but the the wild thing is but the Lakers look better now too. Yeah, I know. Like, I know, the Lakers crazy. did good on at, at trade deadline, man. But the the wild thing for this Kyrie situation is, I think he's been a huge part, if not the main reason, all his former teams have crashed and burned. But this time, I'm not like so quick to blame this on Kyrie. Like they both missed a bunch of games since he got there. I think Kyrie missed five or six and Luca missed a couple more than him uh, mm -hmm. but this was just like the team put together was just not like who the fuck can guard they don't even have like a proper center they're playing Christian Wood like 12 minutes a game like yeah that's the other problem yeah he's Christian Wood's another fucking oddball man like so skilled offensively but sucks at defense he's lost. but he's like athletic I don't know it's another guy that you just don't get it like he just doesn't want to put the effort in on that end or he'll like it'd be one of those like Hassan Whitesides where he likes to get the block shots but then he's actually jeopardizing the defense by overcommitting to blocking shots and then giving up layups and dunks lobs anyways yeah. they're a mat they're they're a disaster I'm not a big fan of that team anyway so I don't really care happy to see like OKC sneak into the play-in mm-hmm um, 
quick note on LeBron and the Lakers because they were brought up for a second there. Did you see LeBron staring down the, the Clippers bench after they drew a, flat, drew a foul down 16 points for fuck's sake? <laughs> and was that the ghost call too? And he flexed his arm? Oh, was it that one? Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if it was that one, but he's staring at Russell Westbrook in the bench. Like, Russ is doing just fine, man. Let Russ live. And, you know? and they took that. I've hell. always been a fan of Russ. Yeah. They took the L. Sit the fuck down. I was nervous. I didn't watch that game because I was too tired. Fucking East Coast. 10 o'clock game or whatever, 10.30. But I was happy when I woke up and saw that score because uh, I would love to see the Lakers just fail in the playing tournament. Nothing would make me happier right now. And, yo, right now, oh, my God. If it ended today, we'd have Phoenix Warriors first round. Would be fucking get the popcorn out, man. KD versus Is Steph it- and the boys. Woo! No, is it locked in? When are we finding out who's playing I think, who? Um, the Warriors and Clippers need to win out to keep the Lakers in the seven seed, which uh, I think they will, because I don't think they're playing any teams. When does it lock care. in, dude? The basketball is a disgrace right now. The last like two weeks of the regular season has been a disgrace. There, you get it's embarrassing. Bro, I all I see like any notification is like the Blazers signed this G League guard like. Every team is just fucking tank city right now. So, so many times you'll look at the schedule and be like, oh, that's a good game to like for playoff seating. And then one team rests all their starters. You're like, oh, who cares? OKC 39 and 42 right now, hanging on to the fucking last play in spot. Yeah, they got it. I think Utah fucking packed it in. I mean, I I hope they got it. But yeah. Poor Sacramento. Sacramento, man, to finally get back in the playoffs, and then it doesn't matter who you're facing in that six seed. Like, whether it's Phoenix, the Clippers, or Golden State, they're gonna have their fucking hands full. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I think they'll, I think they could beat the Clippers if Paul George isn't back. Warriors that would be ideal. Warriors for them. would be such a fun series, though. Like two fast-paced, high-octane offenses. But Wiggins isn't playing till the playoffs. Like. That's kind of scary. They rolled him out for the last two regular season games, which just seems kind of nuts yeah. to throw him back into the fire. But we'll see, man. The West is going to be a fucking shit show. I want to keep, I kind of want to keep KD and G State away from each other till the conference finals to let the, let it boil a bit, you know, let it simmer. Honestly, the way the Suns look with KD in the lineup, it's hard to not call them favorites to come out of the West. Like, I know. I really They're fucking smooth, man. It, it just it all seemed so clear to me yesterday. I forget who I was talking. And he's to. rested. He's so rested. Yeah. KD, like, who's I? Th- not even on purpose, you know. It's not one of those cheesy like load management. He's been resting. It's just been injury. So yeah, right now, my gut is saying, uh, or my brain, not my gut. My brain is saying, if I was putting money down, I'd say Bucks, Suns rematch which would be fucking awesome like oh adding Kevin God. Durant into that mix because you know KD and Giannis already have their little thing oh yeah and it's just funny that KD is KD's in between LeBron and Giannis age-wise and he had to deal with mm-hmm. being number two to LeBron for all these years and when he beats him twice in the finals people are still saying LeBron's the best always number two always number two and then it's like, all right, now LeBron's getting older. He's no longer considered the best player in the league. 
but they just tried to pass the crown straight from LeBron to Giannis. Like KD, I'm sure he would love the opportunity to beat Giannis in the finals because then you could fast forward 30 years and you know those old heads just talking shit to each other. He'll always be like, "Yo, LeBron, I beat you twice in the finals. You beat me once when I was a young pup, and Giannis, I beat you, you bastard." So I can't. I always forget if you like KD or not. I feel like you don't like him, but I would. That would be. Nice. I always go back and forth on KD. Yeah, that's one that I always go back and I forth. I feel that. I just don't want Chris Paul to win one ever since I heard Bogut's story about him being a fucking sore winner Oy. when they beat the Warriors. Share. Share the story. Uh, I highly recommend any basketball fan go listen to this. Type in Andrew Bogut and Ryan Rossillo. It's an inter- a Bogut interview on the Ryan Rossillo podcast. One of the best NBA interviews I've ever heard. Because Bogut's just like that pure jokes Australian dude doesn't hold back at all. Like telling you like the real behind the scenes shit that most players like keep to themselves. So the Warriors get beat by the Clippers that last time before the Warriors took that major leap in 2015. And I think it was the second round or something. And then the Warriors are all in their own locker room. Like obviously like super sad. I don't know if guys are crying, whatever. Their season just ended. And then Chris Paul comes to the door of their locker room and starts yelling through the door like it's real quiet in there now eh it's real quiet in there just being though i i'm paraphrasing i don't remember exactly what it was something along those lines just go listen to it if you care enough but it was one of those things where i was like yo i'm never rooting for chris paul again and i'd just come off like rooting for him in the finals against the bucks where i was happy either way but i was like oh it'd be nice for chris paul to get one on the way out I've never yeah. done a 180 on a player so fast. After I heard that story, I was like, you're such a fucking shit competitor. Like, have some fucking respect. So it made me happy when I think back on his career at all his tragic losses. Like, the fact that he That's would do real that karma. to some, The fact that he would do oh. that to someone when he's had so many, like, devastating losses. Like, shut the fuck up, man. Go back to your locker That's room karma and focus right on there. the next series. Yeah, well, clearly he didn't. Because it never worked out for him. Um. All right, that's a, a note to leave the NBA on. Just a couple NFL things, man. What's the holdup with Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets? Like, what what are we waiting for here? I have no idea. I was thinking about this. I'm like, I think when you really, you know, like they both have no leverage or whatever. If you think about it, I was really thinking yeah. about it, and I'm like, I think the Packers are more fucked than. Uh, than the, the Jets because the Jets the Jets are just waiting for it to come down yeah like the, the price, Jets right? literally don't have to do anything because at the end of the day the Packers don't want to go into training camp they, they're ready to move on and the Jets can pretend and be like yo fuck it we'll just run it back with Mike White like fuck y'all fuck Aaron Rodgers and then the Packers are screwed so it's one of those yeah. battles of who's going to give in first and when you really break it down I, I feel like the Packers need to just come down to whatever the jets are offering because they're Mm -hmm. they're more fucked i think dude watch it be like a third round pick or something like yeah if you've got jordan love's already been in the league for a minute so they already have to pay him relatively soon so it's like get that cap get that money off your cap asap and try and build around him like right now yeah tyreek hill announcing he will retire at the end of his Dolphins contract, which ends in 2025. Thoughts on that? 
Agnes just bullshit. Like negotiation. He just he just bored in the summer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. And one last thing. Odell Beckham Jr., man. Where's where's he gonna end up? How come he hasn't signed yet? What's the deal? I think he's probably he waiting for Rogers. Yeah, he's waiting for Rogers, and then I think he decides from there. But how much is he gonna get paid? Yeah, I it's heard gotta he's be low. For, what, Fifteen mil for one season. Yeah, someone wants to give him four. <laughs> Who? I don't know. What's the ideal spot for him? Like Dallas again? Yeah, and Dallas Lamar Jackson, cool. man, lots of dominoes to fall. I feel like now we're waiting till the draft, and then the after the draft. Things will get sorted out, huh? Yeah. I feel bad for Odell, man. I mean, he got a Super Bowl, but shit. Dude, he was ready to cook in that Super Bowl, too. He looked on fire. Yeah, such a bummer. Yeah. Any last words? What did I say last week? Let's go Warriors, man. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt. You know where to find us next week. Yeah.